Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Coops. Hiya, Coops. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Busy, busy, busy. Really excited for an interview that I've got tomorrow, but we will divulge a little bit more about that later. You've been up to anything interesting or fun? Uh, no, I'm working away. Uh, took the plunge and bought the Formula One manager game. And how is that going for you? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I chose Aston Martin, so no expectations. But Brave. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> or stupid. Yeah, a bit, a bit of everything. I, I can't seem to replicate the practice kind of form, shall we say, into the end up languishing down the bottom half of the table. And so, yeah, the board are not happy with me. They're very disappointed in my performance. And you'll be sacked but, soon. More than likely. Yeah. <laughs> I might just cheat and do what I used to do when I played football manager and just go Man City. So I might end up going Red Bull or Mercedes and have all the money to spend and all the facilities and stuff. I don't know. It's probably the easiest way. Easiest way. Until you learn the game anyway. Well, um, yeah. Anyway, we also we also got alongside us today, Emma. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. Preparing myself for early mornings this weekend. Oh yes, Ooh, yes. yes. That the times will be different for for this race weekend, and actually, I quite like that because it kind of gets it kind of out of the way, and can you can have a full day of doing other stuff too. Unless you want to watch practice, which is on at four in the morning. Super early, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah. But you know, this is what we love. We're F one nutters, so it's one of those things that we have to put up with. We've also got alongside us another voice, Sean. How are you, Sean? I am a little bit worse now that Emma's just reminded me that it's early mornings this week. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. It's been so long since we've had Japan, but I will be setting my alarm for those, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. We all will be. We all will be. We'll be there. We'll be there. So the, the, the question is, do we all just set the alarm for like five minutes before it's due to start? Or do we set it a wee bit earlier? Because I'm like a quarter to six. If the race is at six, it's like half five, quarter to six. I drag myself out. Five minutes before it starts, iPad <laughs> on the bedside table, wake up for lights out, and then slowly move to the bed, to the couch for the full race. See, I couldn't do that because I'd put Unagi. the race on and then wake up two hours later like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I need a brew. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what we're going to discuss today. We're going to discuss the awesome race weekend that we had in Singapore and also the race coming up in Japan shortly this weekend. So this is going to be a chock full podcast for everyone to tune into. So thank you very much for listening. We are obviously Everything F1. You can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and of course, our shiny website, www.everythingf1.com. 
you're also listening to us on this podcast itself so we'd love it if you would hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service hit the bell whatever the button it is to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop okay so first things first it was the Singapore Grand Prix this weekend, a, a slightly soggy Singapore Grand Prix or a very soggy Singapore Grand Prix. But we haven't had one for three years and it threw up some great action, didn't it, Coops? It did, eventually. The, the, the rain <laughs> After came the down. extra weight, yeah. Yeah, the rain came down for a good hour and a half delay. Then we had a race for start was very boring. It was very much, oh, here we go. I don't know. That, fir- that first lap was pretty intense. Oh, yeah. A few, a few yeah. overtakes. You know, as it always is off the line. A few things happened at the very start of the first lap, but after that, I mean, nothing really happened. Mm. And then certain drivers forgot how to drive when it was not your usual suspects. Well, the usual suspects were involved. Yeah. But the, the uh, it was unusual to see certain other drivers. You know, I did like Verstappen's impression of Lewis Hamilton at Baku. That was, that was good. <laughs> Forgetting how to turn. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very well done. All, all, all front two wheels locked up, uh, you know, smoke everywhere. It was impressive. It was it was very good. They did. Uh, a lot of drivers got to use the reverse button or reverse mm-hmm. gear and uh, practice their pirouettes and uh, the multitude of escape modes. Uh, yeah, uh, Max Verstappen wasn't the only one that went into the wall. The seven-time champion, Lewis Hamilton, well, Max didn't go into the wall. He obviously went to the escape road, but Lewis Hamilton actually went into the wall. The front of that wing didn't actually break very much, considering what we thought was the impact. It was, it was quite heavy, was it? Emma, did you enjoy the race weekend? Were you surprised by some of the offs that we had, some of the different things, uh, the action that was kind of thrown up by the Singapore track? Yeah, I mean, I was having a great time until Lewis went into the wall. <laughs> uh, he admitted it was his fault. Obviously, it was his fault. But, yep. you know, what can you do? He recovered, you know, well enough. And for me, I think it was just good to have a change where Max wasn't on the podium. Yeah, it was. The podium was Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Sean, what was your opinion on the on the top three? Was it a well-deserved victory for Perez? Would you have liked to see Charles Leclerc maybe take it one of the points on the track yeah i certainly would have liked to have seen a little bit more fight from charles leclerc particularly towards the end he had been told that perez might get a penalty Mm. that should be all you need to push and stay within five seconds and we didn't really see him on the tv but the timing screen suggests that he stopped driving the car in the past (laughs) three laps because he went from what like three seconds to like nine seconds in the space of about a lap and a half, we never got any explanation as to why, but however, good good win for Sergio Perez. He seems to like the street tracks. Yeah. That's uh, two, three, two wins at street tracks this year. And three wins in total because he got back out last year. Yeah. Yeah, he has another street track pole in there somewhere. But uh, being a street track, what he needs to do is go into turn one first. And he did that on, well, I suppose it was raining. So it wasn't really the dirty side of the tracks. It was the great leveler, wasn't, wasn't it? He just got a better kind of second phase of this and did his job well and minister for defense strikes again and he held Charles Clark off did everything he needed to Clark obviously you know on the wet track wasn't going to be sendable down the inside mm. if it was dry fully it might have been a completely different story but uh, no good good result for Perez what it does mean Max not winning that race means that Sebastian Vettel's record of nine in a row is safe for well at the very least another nine races yes so that's that's you know a ni- nice kind of send off for Sebastian Vettel in his last season that's that's one spectacular record will not be touched while he's still in the sport. But no, good, good, good result for Perez. Good result for you know Carlos Sainz, who was kind of anonymously going about his business. But 
if you well, know, if if the clerk had won, it might have been a different story for the next couple of weeks in the championship. Yeah, you mentioned Carlos Sainz, anonymous apart from that first lap overtake immediately on Lewis Hamilton, which kind of kept Lewis Lewis Hamilton behind and kind of ruined his race really. So it's a perfect perfect example of of great driving from Carlos Sainz and and the skill that he does have behind the wheel, and he was able to keep the seven time champ behind because, well, let's be honest. Not many people could overtake, given the, the the kind of conditions that were on track at that time. He made, I mean, a street circuit's notorious, notoriously difficult to overtake anyway. But obviously, with with the wet track the way it was, it just made it that a little bit extra difficult. Let's talk about the Ferrari. Then Ferrari had a fantastic race, really. I think obviously they didn't get the first place, but second and third, you know, the second best set of results that you could possibly get. Uh, Coops, can you kind of summarise Charles Leclerc's weekend and? Maybe touch on Carla signs. Yeah, well, they've done the best they could. Yeah, I think the big, the only fault they had was the very start, and whether that was he just didn't do a good start or Perez just got a slightly better start. And you know, if he'd done the best he could and Perez was slightly better, then it's not what you can do about that. Mm. Yeah, Carlos Sainz had the race that he's been needing, which was anonymous and got the points the, the maximised the points he could get. I didn't. I don't think I really heard them being mentioned online, maybe online on the, the coverage. I think mostly, oh, that's, you know, Carlos Sainz coming into the pit. That's about it. And he got on the podium. So they, they maximised what they needed to do. They, they done what they needed to do to keep the championship going. I mean, let's mm-hmm. face it, it's going to Verstappen at some point in the next race or, uh, race or two, probably Japan, going by the way the math will work out. You know, so yeah, there's not a lot, there's not much to say, which I think for Ferrari is actually a good thing. Because yeah. usually when we talk about Ferrari, it's not a good thing we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, I can't, I, you can't really fault them. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't get the, the one that they were looking for. But you know, they they, they done the best. They maximised what they could with what they had. Yeah, and there were a few points. Obviously, there was a bit where where Charles Leclerc was pushing Perez, but that soon tailed off, and Perez kind of opened up that gap enough. So he the penalty, any penalties that he might have taken would have been negated, and they were. So he retained his first place after after penalties, which was decided after the race. Now let's talk about having these penalties decided after the race. I absolutely hate it. It's the only sport where this happens. Football, rugby, everything's decided on the pitch. And, it, and you know the result that, that happens when the final whistle goes, that, that is the result. That happens. Sean, you were, you were very, when we were discussing this before, you were very kind of emotional about it. You were very expressive with your hands and, and kind of getting <laughs> there. Let, let Give the audience what they want to hear. Let's hear what your conclusion is from those penalties happening after the race. Oh, it was a joke, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. It, I mean, they, they, time after time, they just make themselves look stupider and stupider. And I said something before we came on, and I'm going to die on this hill. Last year wasn't Michael Massey's fault. The FIA and the stewards have so many more problems than just one dude at the top. And the two yeah. they brought in to replace him are rubbish. I don't even know the lads' names. They've been so anonymous and so useless with their management of the sport. This was halfway through the race, not even halfway through the race, and it took them more than the length of the damn race to decide on a (laughs) five-second penalty. That is just pathetic. There is no other word for it. It was just embarrassing. they, They were quick enough to, you know, tell Kevin Magnuson to pit for a wobbly wing. Mm. And... Oh, it was just a joke. And where is this Formula One version of a video assistant referee we've been hearing about? Mm. Like, wh- why did they need to talk to Perez? Say, oh, well, why were you naughty, Sergio? 
no, 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 no. Slap the damn penalty on him and let him get on with the race. Yeah. Let Charles have a bit more of a fight. Oh, it was, it was just embarrassing. And the fact that it took so damn long to decide that he was five car lengths behind. Like, <laughs> and then with the result as well, with the results of the the investigations, it was kind of like they were looking, well, actually, we've taken so long now, we can't penalise him too much that he doesn't win the race. So exactly. we'll just give him the five-second penalty that he anticipated with the gap formation anyway, and then he doesn't lose. So it was like, what was the point in it all? What was the point in it all? I completely agree. And it's, no, it, ju- it just makes a mockery of absolutely everything. And we're waiting until mm. the best part of midnight after a really long race already yeah. to find out that the guy who won the race won the race. And like you said, it's the same in football. Like imagine the Manchester Derby this weekend. And I would have loved it <laughs> if two hours after the match, they turned around and said, actually, we're going to let Manchester United win that. We're going to take three goals <laughs> off City. But that's not how it works. The 90 minutes ended, the whistle blew, and City won by six goals to three. That's how <laughs> sport works. Yes, it, and, it, and it Emma's quite happy with that being a City fan, aren't you, Emma? But yes. we won't, go, we won't yeah. go into we won't go too much into the football. But Emma, what's your opinion on these penalties? They need to sort them out, don't they, during the race? Oh, honestly, it's so bad. And if it was something like really technical, something that hadn't happened before, maybe might be understandable. But it was mm. something so simple that like just made sense to just give him the quick penalty and then just like move on with it. Like Sean says, it was so pointless. Why do they need to speak to the drivers? Exactly. Why? It just the referee forms his opinion on what he can see on the screen. His yeah. his opinion is this, that, and the other. I don't need to hear what the driver's obviously going to say, I did it because of this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah. And I and the other driver's going to say, I did it because of this, that, and the other. <laughs> yeah, okay. Why does that matter? You're the referee, make the decision. Exactly. Anyway, let's move on. That that's us. That's us venting our kind of frustration at these penalties. They just need to sort it out. Let's get those penalties decided during the race. So therefore, you know if the racer that was winning the race isn't going to be demoted down to third or whatever later on. It's just it's just silly, pathetic. But let's talk about Mercedes with you then, Emma. Um, obviously. A, a bit of a Lewis Hamilton fan. How did you, can you kind of sum up their race weekend? We've got a bit of a tale of two halves with George not really getting well, through to the car, but then Lewis Hamilton making a few mistakes as well. Yeah, I would say that it wasn't a great weekend. I mean, Lewis was sort of okay, did get some points, but he sort of messed it up himself. And like Sean says, he didn't have a great start either. And then with George, it was just like disaster after disaster. Mm. And then there's a lot of comments on Twitter and stuff at the moment about him not taking responsibility for some of the crashes that he has caused. And he did have contact with Mick Schumacher mm. and he was really annoyed about it when, in my opinion, even as a Mercedes fan, that was Josh's fault. Mm. And then in the end, like, I mean, the Maxwell just retired the car. He was like so far behind at the end. Mm. But yeah, it was an awful weekend for George. Hopefully he'll sort out and get back to his consistent top five. But yeah, it wasn't great. But the, this track should have been kind of suited to the Mercedes car, shouldn't it, Coops? They they went into the weekend expecting a lot more compared to what they actually ended up with. Yeah, I, there was an air of expectation for Mercedes this weekend. Like if they were going to win one race this season, it was going to be Singapore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I kind of thought it could be them. But then you think about it, the car's not really that good over bumps. It's not that good over slow corners. It's, <laughs> it's better over faster corners. Uh and the changeable conditions don't really agree with it either. So I don't really know where we, we got this idea that Mercedes <laughs> were going to do really well this weekend. But they, they did do well in practice, the first yeah. first couple of practice sessions, uh, top, it, top in the sessions and looking promising. Canada, Aston Martin were really good in practice and then they didn't even get out of Q1. So, mm. you know, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a strange race because you saw 
like Lewis Hamilton make at least two mistakes I saw. You yeah. know, burning it into a barrier, which is not something he does. And then he ran wide and let the stamping past him at one of the like, one of the latter points in the in the race when they were kind of all grouped together. So it was really weird for that side of it. You don't see that happening all that often. So yeah, it, Mercedes will be kicking themselves because it was changeable. There are, there was definitely scope to get points. You look at McLaren, you know, getting up there in fourth and fifth. You had the Aston Martins up there in sixth and eighth. So there was definitely scope to get points. And through unforced errors and uh, Russell turning right on the left-hand corner <laughs> when there's a car there, which is very it's very Latifi-esque of him. And then having the tonight, then having the goal to turn around and say that Schumacher was defending as if his life depended on it. Well, actually, it does. Well, <laughs> his career is depending on it, and he yeah. has every right to defend it. So you know, just because you're in a Mercedes not doing very well doesn't mean that you have to move over. Uh, very much like Coulthard and McLaren with Monaco and the Arrows, you know, you're racing on track on the same positions, but yet Ron Dennis is like, tell the Arrows to move over. No. Mm. <laughs> Not quite how this thing works. You know, <laughs> so he was, get, he was getting a bit, there's a wee bit of arrogance in there from him, and I think uh, George needs to read that in a wee bit. But yeah, it's, it was a strange one for Mercedes. Uh, one that I think they're going to forget and move on. But another driver who found it difficult was Max Verstappen, Sean. Obviously, we've spoken about his teammate, Sergio Perez, who who won the race, but Max Verstappen had a bit of an abysmal weekend, a few mm. kind of flashes of, of excellence with uh, competing uh, against the world champions when there was you know, 12 world champions between the three cars. But on a whole, probably a race weekend, he is keen to kind of move past. Yeah, and I heard a lot of people saying, you know, oh, it's the pressure of he could have won the, the race. I actually wouldn't put it down to that at all. It's not his fault in the slightest that he didn't get pole position. It's mm. Red Bulls entirely. Although to their defense, it's less embarrassing that they call him in than to keep him out like Aston Martin did to Seb last year in Hungary, which is embarrassing as hell. So they did do the right thing. They just misjudged, you know, how much faster the car would be on slicks versus on Inter's perfectly reasonable mistake to make, to be perfectly fair. But again, that wasn't Max's fault at all. He probably would have got pole. He was absolutely flying on those mm. slick tires in qualifying. So if he'd have got pole, different story. I think he'd have wrapped up the championship. Well, maybe not wrapped up the championship because he did two did so well. But you know, he'd have had a much easier time of it in Japan. Um, yeah. But then just in the race, and I was saying this kind of just in the lead up to the race. Eight is the worst place to start the Singapore Grand Prix, especially when it's raining. How we got through turn one without any crashes is a total miracle. Replay that race 50 times in those same conditions. That'll never happen again. Yeah. And he did well to survive that. But just after that, it was just then it kind of got more towards his fault. That double lockup, completely his fault. He got way too ambitious on sick tires on a wet part of the track and double locked up. And I, th I think his excuse was, oh, I bottomed out. No, you didn't, mate. You aquaplaned on the wet part of the track. <laughs> you know, so not the best weekend for him. Not going to matter a tap. He has a fairly easy... I think it's if he wins with the fastest lap next week, he wins the championship. The other two can do nothing about it whatsoever. Yeah. The only way they can stop him is to beat him, literally to beat him on track next week. And in Japan, with the Honda engines, even though they're not Honda engines, but they are Honda engines, I can't see him not winning it next week. That, that, that Red Bull will be just phenomenal on that track, which I'm looking forward to. But uh, overall, you know, not his race. It's not his best race of the season. He's not going to beat Vettel's record of nine in a row. So, you know, at least for Vettel, his, his record is at least safe for 
his retirement. So that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's move on to McLaren because as not-so-secret McLaren fans, this is actually quite a good weekend for both drivers. Lando Norris coming in fourth and Danny Ricciardo coming in fifth. Uh, and we've got to mention Danny Ricardo because he was my driver of the day. Obviously, Fortune kind of Fortune kind of went his way for once this season, and he, you know, he he really benefited from safety car, you know, stops and and whatnot, those those sorts of things. But you know, from sixteenth to fifth, really, really, really great result for the McLaren team. Emma, let's let's go to you. A, a good result, best of the rest. Yeah, honestly, you can't fault it. I mean, a lot of it, I will say, I think a lot of it was luck. Like people like Alonso, who, you know, and Alpine, their main competition, mm. both of them DNFing. But yeah, I think it, it was especially a good race, I think, for Lando, even from the off, like his start was amazing. And then he just kept it together. And then Daniel was just right behind him, like most of the time. And I think they put, they did them on different tyre strategies. And I also think that Lando was in an updated car and Daniel wasn't. So right. for Daniel to yeah. keep similar pace is is quite impressive. So yeah, really happy. I think it's the best they could have done. And I think they needed it. Daniel definitely needed it. Yeah, it's good. You're going to be a good confidence boost and it'll show yeah. maybe any teams looking to fill their remaining seat that Danny Rick is a viable option for 2023 for them. And, and also, just to be said, there wasn't, there wasn't any bias towards Norris for the updates. Mm. They only had enough time to make parts for one car. Right. So because Norris is further up in the championship, he's always going to get them. And that's not, it's no, there's no bias against Ricardo because he's leaving. They just had enough parts for one car. They didn't even have spares, I think, from yeah. what I understood. It was basically one of each. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that, and also worth mentioning that they are now uh, fourth in the championship. Yeah. They are four points ahead yes. of Alpine. So Come on. they need to keep it. Yeah. They need to keep it together. Maybe yes, Alpine please. has another another bad weekend. And yeah, but might... no, knowing the way McLaren season's going, they'll both bin it in the next race and Alpine will come third and fourth. You know, Don't say just, it. Don't say just it. Uh, well, let's talk about Alpine. Sean, again, a weekend to forget with Alpine. Two DNFs, a double DNF. What uh, can you say? And both allegedly power units uh, yeah. problems. Oh. That's... One is definitely the power unit because it was the old school nineties oh. blow up. Yeah, <laughs> you saw, you saw it come out of the back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's just such a shame because with the, neither of them had really put well. Alcon didn't have a great qualifying. He was out in Q one, but Fernando was fifth in qualifying. He was he was best of the rest. He was. I think he was a provisional pole at one point. He was flying and qualifying, and he wasn't that far off pole. He was only half a second off pole, which is remarkably impressive in that car. Like the Alpine, the car is pretty good. But as has been the case for as long as I've been watching Formula One, the Renault engine is crap. (laughs) How many times have we said that? Their V8s are rubbish. They just happen to be in the best car. Their V6s have always been rubbish. Their V10s were not very reliable. Their V12s blew up every time the sun came up. Like, <laughs> Renault just can't make uh, an engine. So for, you know, two uh, double DNF for power units, oh, I can't see anybody even wanting. I guess. Everything's going wrong for Alpine, isn't it? I feel mm. like we haven't had a good news story for Albion all season. Otmar Zafnauer came in. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's it, a common denominator, you know. Now they've lost Alonso. They've lost Piastri and made themselves look like the stupidest people in the history of Formula One through that whole fiasco. That was a, sh- that was a shock. 
all led by Otmar Zafnauer. And now your man, the, the, the head, Laurent, whatever his name is. Alexander Russ. He's coming out and saying that, oh, we'll just scrap the whole thing and we'll leave Formula One oh, again. Yeah. Like, that, that, that is the sound of a kid who's <laughs> doing that having a proper tantrum where we're just going to shut the door then. That's where you're going yeah. to be. Yeah, but how many times have they said that? How many times I, have they said that in their F1 career? They're like, taking their ball the, and they're going home. Exactly it, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. He's taking his ball and he's going home. They're... And I don't blame Fernando for wanting out. I don't blame Oscar Piastri for not wanting anything to do with them. And they are going to hugely struggle to fill that seat. I think Danny Ricardo might go back out as a mercy flush for them. No, I reckon Gasly's got it, isn't he? Because the whole Do you think he wants situation... it now? <laughs> well, well, he doesn't want it, but he's got no choice soon. Yeah. If, they, if, I... if uh, Red Bull have signed up uh, Nick DeVries for that Alpha Tauri. Well, yeah. the, the thing is, like, if it was going to be announced, why is it not announced? Yeah, like, something's going on. Even Nick the Freeze this weekend said it's not an absolute certainty I'm going to be on the grid. Mm. So, you know, I, fe- I, I, I have a feeling I, they're waiting to wrap up the championship. They don't want to take any Red Bull related news away from Max for the next couple of weeks. I reckon the week out, like the race after he wins the championship, they'll announce. The yeah, news. yeah, everything will fall into place, like yeah. America or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 probably they're just waiting. I saw a news article about how Williams apparently aren't going to announce. Uh, second seat till the end of the season. I don't know how true that is, but that's another, you know, another team waiting to announce. Well, let's talk about Williams then, because Williams were also another team that had a double DNF. One was Latifi's fault completely. Shock horror. He basically didn't see Juan Yu Zhou or Zhou Guan Yu behind him and just kind of closed the door into the wall. Ironically, Latifi done that and didn't see somebody. It's like he didn't see the end of his Formula 1 career happening. <laughs> we, all, we all did. So. It's like Sabre said only, what, a week ago? You know, retirements aren't our fault. Sometimes it's engine. Sometimes it's something else. And sometimes it's Latifi. <laughs> yes. That's, yep. that's Fred, Frederick Vasseur said that. Yeah, yeah Fred Vasseur. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not a friend of the, uh, the cost cap. Uh, and Alex Albon fresh off his uh, surgery for uh, appendicitis unfortunately crashed into a barrier as well DNFing the second uh, Williams car so not a great weekend for for Williams either that was a bit of a whipstay from the old Albon that was a really good season he's having and then but then, you know, you can't be too harsh on the likes of, you know a few of them that have been that, you know when you get Hamilton seven-time world champion been in it Max Verstappen the next generation of multi multi champion, yeah. you know, so it's it's just one of those things. I suppose. Yeah, I, still- I, would, I wouldn't blame Alex in a rubbish car and tricky conditions. Well, obviously, I blame Alex; it's his fault. It did like the car, but the car is poor on poor conditions. And let's not be let's not forget he was on a ventilator a week and a half ago. <laughs> he probably hmm. shouldn't have been racing this weekend. Yeah, he will say he was at a hundred percent. Was that crashed out to something else? Maybe. I'm willing to give him the benefit of that on this one. I would expect more from him in, in Japan, though. Mm. I don't. I might not, actually, because, you know, he's, that's a two-hour race, and that's a, it's a, it's a hard race. But his body's still dealing with it. Although he is at elite level before he went for his, you know, he's had all these medical issues. Mm. He might still have a wee bit of... There might, I think the next couple of races, he might not be quite there. It's yeah. going to be some fatigue, some re- recovery yeah, yeah. still still going on. Yeah, absolutely. This, this race might be worse than Singapore because of all the things that's going through his body with the, the operations and getting back to fitness and then doing that race. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he bend it 
on purpose <laughs> if you need the extra time to have a wee rest nah nah I'm not saying that before the end it comes at me it's a joke let's talk about Alpatari another DNF then it was Tsunoda had a silly mistake basically crashed into the barrier but a lot of people were crashing into barriers. So we, yeah. we, we can forgive him being his only, his second season, first time obviously racing in Singapore. Wet weather, that that track just didn't want to dry no. at all. His was, he just kind of clumsily hit a wet patch at slow yeah. speeds and just understeered into the barrier. That not, not even that that can happen to anyone, that has happened to absolutely every single driver on the grid. So yeah. again, that that's one. It's unfortunate that it happened to him because he's still seen as a rookie. But again, when you've got Lewis Hamilton sending one down the inside on a wet track, that was a bit stupid. I think everybody mm. deserves the benefit of the doubt of that track. I mean, Helmut Marcus not going to go, you know what, we'll give you a bye this week. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's probably shaking his head because he knows what he's walking back into yeah, mm-hmm. at the garage. But yeah, it's, uh, it was clumsy. Just as clumsy as Albans, I think. He should do better. Yeah, but Gasly was the last point scorer and got getting the single point. May have done better if he had a better car, but obviously that's all he could do. A very typical Alpha Tauri race for Gasly. Didn't see much of him, just puttered down, got a wee point just because other people had so much. Just, how much encompasses a whole season, to be honest. Just while we're on Alpha Tauri, just very quickly, I don't know if you heard that there's rumours, the reports coming around that Dietrich Mateschitz is very ill at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Obviously, he's a very private man, and we probably won't know anything until something actually happens. But just, you know, I think we'd all like to send best regards to Dietrich Mateschitz if he is ill, that he gets well soon, because he is a good character, especially to have around Formula One. Not that he's there that often, but if he is unwell, we would wish him well very soon. Yeah. Yeah, there there has been conversations about his health in general, but as you Mm. say, it's been very, well, not really knowing until an announcement of whatever type comes out because you know yeah so we wish you well Dietrich Mateschitz I'm sure he's an avid listener and doesn't mess up podcasting absolutely we've got Alfa Romeo and Haas to, to talk about Emma wh- which one you choose who would you want to talk about Alfa Romeo I'd say go on then well I just felt sorry for Joe Guan Yu mainly poor guy like he either has a re- reliability problem or mm. he gets into an accident and you know he Wait just got TV. shoved off <laughs> it was so it was so like it almost, it obviously it wasn't intentional, but it was so like right in front of your face, like so obviously Latifi's fault yeah. that yeah. it almost felt like it was intentional. But and he sounded, guy, he sounded so fed up on the radio as well. Honestly, like, so defeated. Uh... Just like, like over it. <laughs> the poor guy just wants to get some like he just wants to get some laps in on yeah. on yeah. these tracks, and <laughs> and he can't even do that. Mm. Yeah. But what about Bottas? 11th again, pretty anonymous yeah. for himself. Not a great just, race. Just out the points for him. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear much about him. He was sort of the same as Pierre Gasly. Like, they were just sort of minding their business. He was 19 seconds off Gasly, though. He really was in wow. the doldrums of nowhere. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it was strange. You had a lot to talk about with certain ones, and then you actually forgot about other drivers. Because uh, they don't show them. Yeah. Yeah. But even even generally trying to think about, like, what happens? You know, what? what, what? While you're chatting, Coops, can you kind of summarise Hass's weekend so to round out the uh, Singapore Grand Prix? They turned up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they went round the track. Mick Schumacher defended for his life like his career depended on it. Yeah, how dare he? George Russell. How dare he try and keep You've got to behind. say crikey at the end. Crikey! crikey. <laughs> yep, you know, the arrogance of that man. 
Yes. <laughs> that, the most exciting part of that race for Mick Schumacher was getting hit by uh, by the Mercedes. I mean, he came, he came 13th. I wrote the notes for the podcast. I brought down his number. I wrote 13th. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I can't think of what else he did. Hit by Russell. Yes. That, yes, that. Uh, Magnussen would have been the same, except apparently he's been talking to the media saying the FIA were a bit over the top calling him in with the black and orange flag because he had the, the, the dodgy flap on his wing. They apparently has have said that they're tethered, so they're not going to come off, but they're loose. So FIA have ignored that and said no, they didn't come in. So he's been hit a few times with this tethering, you know, with the, with the end plates of the wing. Hmm. I don't know if it's just Magnussen being a bit annoyed because his race got kind of ruined. He probably would have finished in the points. Well, yeah. All things considered, without a wing change pit stop, he was, you know, he was about 28 seconds off points. So mm. not even, he's 15 seconds off points. So he probably would have scored points, but for that. But you just can't. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to defend the FIA shock horror. Uh, Sean, just chill. You can't, you can't, you can't really fault the FIA for saying that because it's a loose bit of bodywork and it's the what if. Now, I mean, I know we just spend an hour on a podcast if a bit of bodywork flew off and hit somebody, caused an accident, and the FIA didn't pull them in. We mm. just give the podcast to Sean as he destroys everything <laughs> about the FIA. <laughs> Special episode. Yes. Sean destroys the FIA from everything F1 and that's it. We're done. I think if there's a loose bit of bodywork and the halo is not the screen like, you know, uh, IndyCar is, so maybe they can be a wee bit more lax because things aren't going to get in. There's still a way to get to the driver for things flying Yeah, back. you could still yeah. have some kind well, of uh, Felipe Massa situation with a yes, spring. and we all no, know yeah. what happened there. So I do I actually completely fall. agree with you on that. Yeah. Even, even down to, do you remember Roman Grosjean once said that his hand nearly broke because a bit of gravel hit him? Uh, it was a stone imagine, and nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, imagine a bit of fiber slicing off your finger, which yeah. could genuinely happen at the wrong time. So no, I, I actually agree with you. I think the FIA were 100% right to call him in. He was, you know, he was understandably a bit pissed off it, it cost him points but no it's the one thing they did right that weekend was to make him pit yes and just maybe for a hint from Anderson don't hit your wing off another car it's the crew because <laughs> other drivers didn't do it but yeah so again strange they were pretty anonymous like a quite of like half the field to be honest yeah. Let's let's kind of wrap up the Singapore Grand Prix. Where, where do you rank this in in how you rank races? Would you rank it as a kind of an epic race, or would you say it was kind of like average? Or to, we'll go to Emma. How would you describe the Singapore Grand Prix? I think I had high expectations and it met them. That's bad. Okay. Not All not right. amazing, but just good. I enjoyed watching it. It met your expectations. Yeah. Sean? I certainly don't think it was the, the, the best race of the season. I wouldn't even put it in the top three, maybe even the top five by the time we get to the end. But first year back after three years away, a lot of people's first time seeing a Singapore Grand Prix, the Netflix era of fans, this probably would have been their first. I think it was a great comeback for it. Lots of drama, lots of action, changeable conditions, a new winner, like someone else at the top, mm. world champions fighting and being clumsy in the middle of the race. It kind of had everything you could possibly want, except it was a bit long. But no, it was a good, it was a good race. I'd give it maybe three and a half stars if we're doing it that way. Out of five or out of ten? Yeah. Out of five. <laughs> <laughs> three and a half stars out of ten is free. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what I was saying. Sort of that's, 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 yeah, very yeah. specific, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you get that uh, star for it being on the calendar. Coops, go on then. How would you rate the race? Was it an epic or no. was it more of a, a damp squib? 
Well, no, it was damp. Thanks, thanks. We all the all the. No, it's good. Uh, moist. It was moist. It's moist. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna get complaints if we say that word. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was okay. I mean, like, like I said before, you know, it was what at the very start. It was very kind of. Oh, here we go, and then it built. It, it came into something. It came into its own later on. So yeah, it was good. It kept my attention. I think it definitely deserves its kind of place in the calendar. Mm. There's quite a few tracks that we can look at. I think no. Mm. I'm not looking forward to the track. Didn't we say a couple of words. Oh, well, yeah, I'm it's more. Coops though. A couple of words to Coops is half a page of. Yeah, it's like, come on, a, a magazine is war and peace when I'm talking to me. <laughs> so you liked it, okay? I'm going to say it was a a soggy smash fest, which I really enjoyed. So I'm happy that Singapore's back. I really enjoyed it, uh, and it's great to see it. And I'm looking forward to it again next year. It's marvelously moist. Marvelously. There you go. Okay. We've also got another race to talk about. We have mentioned it a few times. It's the Japanese Grand Prix, which we haven't been, it feels like. When was the last race, Coops, in Japan? 2019. 2019. 2019. So Roman Grosjean was still there. Mm. Beto actually got in the top three. Yep. Bottas won a race. You know, it was a very different situation. And I think, if I'm right, 2019 was the infamous storm year where Roman Grosjean... Typhoon Hagibis. Yes, so everything got, everything got hunkered down and... The qualifying was in the Sunday and mm-hmm. Roman Grosjean went out and bought a, a kit, Formula One car, and built it in hours. And we mm-hmm. all were like, wow, because most people take weeks. Yeah. Uh, and he just sat his hotel room and did. So yeah, a uh, very different Formula One that's going to that track. I'll be very interested to see how these new generation of cars, you know, especially the through that are the, the 180, the R180, I think it's called, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember right. Uh, it's a classic track, been there since the late 80s. It's a great one. It's, a, a it's one that all the drivers of, love yeah. as well. It's got a lot of history to it. Some good, some bad. If you're a Senna fan, it's very bad in terms of history. And good, because he won a championship, because he went for a gap. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, bad, because sure. he got disqualified, yes. <laughs> the, the infamous gap. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was a gap. <laughs> totally was a gap. Let's run down the the vital statistics of the Suzuka Grand Prix. So it is the Suzuka Grand Prix in Japan. The length of the the lap is 5.807 kilometres. We're going to get 53 laps, which makes the total race distance of 307.471 kilometres. The current lap record is held by seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton, who lapped it in 1 minute 30 seconds, 0.983 milliseconds. And we've been racing in Suzuka since 1987, obviously with a couple of gaps this this gap being probably one of the biggest gaps without it since 2019 let's uh, let's discuss some expectations for the race then how is max verstappen going to do sean well i have the list in front of me here of how he can win the world championship and the easy way is to win with the fastest lap okay because if he wins with the fastest lap there is nothing leclerc and perez can do about it he wins the championship there and then. If he is first without the fastest, the clerk needs to be third and Perez doesn't matter. Second, the clerk needs to be fifth or lower and Perez needs to be fourth or lower. And second with a bonus point, they need to be fifth or lower, fourth or lower. And it kind of goes from there. If he is, if he finishes lower than seventh, he does not win it. It's as simple as that. So win it from first. Don't win out below seventh. I'm going to ask you this question. You think he'll win it this weekend? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that car is just going to absolutely be on rails around Suzuka. I absolutely adore Suzuka. It's one of my favorite tracks of all time. Hoping to go there in a couple of years. Absolute bucket list. And just watching Formula One cars, especially if it's dry. So maybe let's hope for at least a dry qualifying. Mm. Um, 
especially through the S's. Oh, it's the, it's the best sector in all of Formula One. Mm. I'm very, very, very excited to have Suzuka back. And I think Max is going to wrap it up pretty comfortably this weekend. That yep. track should suit absolutely every single aspect of that Red Bull. You're nodding your head, Emma. You you believe that Max is going to wrap up the season uh, yeah. pretty much at, at Japan this weekend? Yeah, I think, he, I think he will do 100%. I mean, I'd be really surprised. It would have to be like a, a car problem. I think he's in the right mindset. I think he, after this weekend, he'll be wanting to get it wrapped up. And uh, yeah, definitely. Coops, are you going to stick your neck out and say no? Are, you, are we going to keep the season going on to the next race? I think you will. I do think it would be quite funny, though, if he's leading a few laps to go, how many cars are going to jump in to the pits to try and steal that last lap, that, that bonus point off? Right at the very end, you know, yeah. three or four of them dive into fling the things on. However, a Ferrari would be, a, be if they were, yeah. say, if they're you know not not going to catch it. Second. Leclerc is going to just yeah. If he's got a little yeah. gap to, to to signs or you know to the yeah. next person, he's he's blatantly going to do that just to try and keep it going. Oh, they'll sacrifice signs. Yeah, oh, they'll, yeah, send, they'll send signs that, in in the last lap. I think yeah. Mercedes might even do it just because they can. Yeah. Uh, what might throw a spanner in the works is the lovely weather. Friday is rain, Saturday is dry, Sunday is rain. Oh, and when uh, it rains in Japan, it rains in Japan. Yes, so that could all change. I mean, it's Tuesday where we're uh, recording this, Wednesday by the time it goes out. So things could change, but I think I saw that a couple of days ago that it is looking to be colder than normal mm. and wet. So it's not, if it's dry... 100% think Verstappen's going to do it. If it's wet, not quite so sure. Let's talk about some other teams then. Let's talk about let's talk about Ferrari. Got to talk about Ferrari. Had a fantastic race, race weekend in Singapore. Are they going to carry on that momentum over into Japan? Emma, what do you reckon? How are the, how are the prancing horses going to do? I feel like it's going to be bad. <laughs> I just feel like it's going to be bad. And I think they're going to try everything that they can maybe mm. to, to keep the championship going. And I don't think I can just see it being a, like a bad strategy. And I'm calling it now. No, do you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna go against that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that because I didn't mention who I, if I thought Max is gonna win. I don't think Max is gonna win it. I'm hoping that Max isn't gonna win it this race weekend just because I want it to go on further. He will win. He will win the season. I know he will win the season. I just want it to go on a bit bit longer. So I'm gonna say Max DNFs and we have a Ferrari, you know, up there on the on the podium. Interesting. But yeah, does, does the car suit? The track, though, Sean. What, you, what do you reckon? The Ferrari car should. It's all. It's been good all season in high speed corn. It's a, it's a very well balanced car. It does seem to. I mean, obviously, you know, Charles was on pole yesterday on a street circuit, and they've been on pole at circuits like Silverstone. So, like the the track, the the, the car is very well suited to a, a wide range of of tracks. What's just screwed them up is that their drivers have maybe been not aggressive enough, and their strategists are morons. I wouldn't put <laughs> them. Not, I wouldn't put them not winning the championships this year down to the car. I think it's one of right. the best cars they've ever produced. So there's a fight for pole, I think. Is it going to be enough? No, I don't think so. I think the car is good. I just think that Red Bull has been developed better. Now, there's stories of the legality of how they've developed that <laughs> and whether or not they might have, you know, a smack on the wrist or a kick out the championship. We'll see. I don't think that's going to happen. The FIA are not going to kick Max out of two championships. Um, no. But... No, the questions will always be there. People who are still a bit sour over last year, if it turns out that Max got a little bit of a helping hand this year, they'll do, ooh, he's not a two-time champion, but he will be. Let's um, let's put some of that to bed, actually, because there's been some speculation and, and, and kind of 
conjecture mm. today, actually, that's come out on the Tuesday where we would record this, that the original thought that there were 12, $12 million above budget and obviously spending too much, but actually that was apparently spent on the engine oh, development, which yeah. was not part of the budget cap. So the, mm. the amount that they went over is only 150,000 euros, according to this conjecture, allegedly, and, and allegedly so far. So the, the, the kind of the breaking of the rules and the breaking of the budget isn't as high as once expected. Other reports I heard said that they're like firmly a million over budget. Right. Which, you know, if Aston have allegedly gone 4 million and might lose 50 points, then a million, they might lose 20 points, but they're still comfortably ahead in both championships that mm. that won't make any difference at all. So obviously, again, this is all speculation and conjecture. And Until the FIA releases but- their details yet. I think what I would say as a Mercedes fan is that it's not fair how much hate Max and Checo get because of it, because it, obviously that has nothing to do with them. Hmm. Like, that's the team's problem, and you can't mm-hmm. just come for Max because of it. Like, he was just driving the car, yeah. and he did it well. Yeah, he won, and maybe that's not fair if they did go over the, you know, cap a lot. But at the end of the day, you can't just send Max a load of hate when it's his team. Yeah, obviously he, he would lose points anyway if, yep. if it was the penalty that the FIA gave and dished out. But yeah, it's not through fault of him. Yep. He wasn't the person that designed the car and and, exactly. and, and said, you know, spend this extra. Yeah, extra so just blame Christian Horner as well. <laughs> <laughs> Horner, Adrian Newey, Helmut Marco. Yeah, you just, just just blame all the management. We can all agree to blame Helmut Marco, whether you're a Red Bull fan or not. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's do a prediction for the weekend then. So top three, one, two, and three. We'll go to Coops first. What's your top three? Max. Boo! <laughs> Max, Leclerc, and Pettis. Okay, Emma? Max, Lewis, and George. Sean? I am going to say Max, just because I've already said a lot that he's going to win this weekend and I can't just go back on myself. Um <laughs> Uh, but I can do whatever I want for the next two. I'm going to say Max, Carlos, and Lando Norris. Mm. And I'm going to say Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Sergio Perez. That'd be yeah. that'd be that'd be a, because, that'd be a nice photo. Yeah, I, and I, you say you think Max will DNF. I think Max will DNF. I, I, I hope Max will DNF. That, oh, it's wishful thinking. Not because I hate Max or anything like that, just because I want the championship to go yeah. a little bit further. That, you don't want you don't want Charles to go for a gap, do you not? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question. This is Yuki's first ever home Grand Prix. Yeah. Why do we think Yuki's going to finish? In the barrier. Stuffed up the Tiki's gearbox somehow. <laughs> I'll put him in 10th. Yeah, He'll I'll get put a him point. in 10th as well. Yeah. You'll get a point. I tell you what, I think McLaren will go well. I think this track will suit that car, and McLaren are, other than the team with the uh, the Honda engines, uh, the most popular team in Japan and have been mm. for a long, long time. I think they'll they'll get a boost, especially after this weekend. They did they had a great weekend, good morale boost for both drivers and the team. Obviously, they've got new parts coming now as well. I think they've got a few more coming for Japan. I think McLaren are going to do well. I think they'll kind of to go a good way to cementing fourth a little bit more now that they've got it. I don't think they're letting it go now. I think I think McLaren. I, I was actually being serious with Lando in third. I do think this would be a good weekend for McLaren. Mm. Well, let's hope so. Well, that's our predictions for the Japan Grand Prix. It's going to be at Suzuka this weekend. Brilliant racetrack that we're all looking forward to. Just a couple of pieces of news that we haven't touched on. We've touched on all the rest of the news that's kind of within our reviews and previews. But a couple of a couple of things that we must mention. Toto Wolf has been quoted as saying that Hamilton has said he has another five years of racing in him. 
and that would take him over 40 if he does stay. Sean's shaking his head. I don't think Sean's shaking his head because he doesn't believe it will happen. I think he's shaking his head because he just doesn't want it to happen more than anything. A bit of both, actually. Whether <laughs> I, I, I don't doubt that Lewis has the you know physical and athletic ability to go probably into his 50s. The chap is a monster. I just don't think he'll be bothered. He's not going to trundle around in a car that's still racking his brains out every week. With do, you no think Mercedes, do, you, do you think the Mercedes is just going to be racking its brain out for it? I think it's going to be competitive next I, year. I, no, I don't think it will be. I, I, th- I think it has a lot more than their... Like I think their results and George's results this year have flattered that car. I think Lewis is really hating that car and... He's definitely not, unless Toto Wolf could sell him the absolute dream again on the 2026 regulations, which won't change the car, it'll just change the engine. I don't see him sticking around for that much longer. Keeps, do you believe he'll stay around for five years? I think if Mercedes screw it up next year, he'll go. Yeah, I agree. I think he's given this year a buy because they've done so much for him. They obviously came out very quick and said we got the physics wrong. I think Toto in that interview where I got that quote from, Mm. Toto said we got the physics wrong. So they they admitted it. They said to Hart Lewis, look, we messed it up. So we'll give you something new next year. You know, Hamilton, yeah, Sean said he's got it in him, but can he be bothered? The amount of money that man has and all the other interests he has, does he want to do a Kimmy and end up just sliding slowly back down to the other end of the grid? Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I think next year, if he's up fighting with Red Bull and he's up fighting in a three-way fight, which we hope to see this year, then yeah, he'll stay. I think it'll be a year with options, I think, on both sides coming up because I think next year's his last year of his contract, isn't it? Yeah. So after next year, I think it'll be maybe a year or may, he might say, look, nah, I'm done. Yeah, go away. If he's uh, fifth again, fifth or sixth again next year, he won't bother. Nah, uh, yeah, I think that'll be where he'll be like, uh, I'm done. Uh, you know, thanks very much, but no thanks. Uh, and I disagree with you. I think he's going to stay around. For, I think he's got three, at least three years in him now. I agree with Coops. Yeah, I don't think he's he's not going to want to fade into the background. That's just no. not him. He's not going to want to do what Who's Kimmy's going to do. Though, but if he's second or third in the championship, that's still competitive, and that still look it still looks good for his. You know, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, 12, 15. Yeah, but if there's in, no in potential season. for him to break, to break, to get another world championship, I just don't think he'll bother. Like, what's the point in putting all that effort in when he has yeah. so many side hustles going on? The Mercedes are never going to drop off like Haas, are they? They're never going to be down there at the <laughs> you back. Never know. Well, no, but you know they, what happened to McLaren. Yeah, it happened to Red Bull. They won four and then disappeared. For a while and just languished about. Yeah. I mean, but they were still have... they were still always like the third fastest car on the track. Yeah, but the thing is, Red Bull. And they might have been that might have been quite far back because obviously Mercedes dominance, but they were still the third fastest car on the track. But the thing is, Red Bull never got as much heat for being as bad as they were when they were so good. Mm. And then Mercedes have had one season, and everyone's going, "Look how bad Mercedes are!" Like Red Bull, like everyone gave Mercedes a lot of credit for being so good but never gave a lot of heat to Red Bull for being as bad when they were good for four years, if yeah. you follow. And then Mercedes come out with a bad car. And, oh, my God, this is terrible, Mercedes. What's going on? Like, I mean, there needs to be a bit of parity here. There's another aspect as well. I know he has said that he doesn't care, but he absolutely will care if he if this is the only season in his career that he doesn't win a race. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, should I say it's the first season in his career he doesn't win a race. That will yeah. grate on his brain. It just will. You remember how just distraught he was at the idea that Nico Rosberg beat him <laughs> because he didn't get the championship <laughs> and the records and the accolades because someone else was better than him? 
his whole thing is that he's the only driver in history to win in every single championship season he's ever competed in. He's not going to get that this year, barring some act of typhoon next week, um, <laughs> which is possible, but unlikely to lead to a Lewis win. And if, if, Reb, if Mercedes is going to win a race this year, it's going to be George, not Lewis. And that's going to annoy the bejesus out of him. Yeah. He's not going to stick around for that to happen twice. We shall see. We shall yeah, see. I mean, Lewis talks, as Sean says, that he doesn't mind about the milestones and this and that and this and that. But he does. Absolutely. Every driver does. He of course does. they do. That's but, why That's but, why Max says the same things. He doesn't care, blah, blah, blah. Of course he does. Everybody cares. Seb said the same things as well. Max Everybody doesn't cares. care just now because he's only just building it. Mm. Hamilton yeah. has a legacy. Hamilton has an image. Hamilton has, like, people that want to go on about Ham- Lewis. If he lambishes for the next three or four seasons at the bottom end of the thingy, people will forget what he's done because they'll look what he did at the end of his career. Yeah, that'll like hurt his, he, his brand yeah, for post He'll hurt his brand, yeah. So he will, he will do one more year, and if he stays hicking about the bottom end of the table or the bottom end of the points and the occasional podium, he's done. Because that's a good break. I think that quote was just Toto Wolf trying to keep the shareholders happy and just trying to maybe distract a little bit from the fact that Max could have won the championship this week. Just trying to just say something to maybe threaten him. It's like, oh, he'll be around for you next year, Max. He, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's not. <laughs> well, I disagree. I disagree. Another piece of news. Well, I think we already knew that Felipe Drogovic was going to take free practice one for... Aston Martin in Abu Dhabi. I think we did mention that in a previous pod. But the other piece was, we've already mentioned the Honda as well, haven't we? We've... We kind of touched on it, but yeah, they're, kind of, they're, they're on the kind of the cusp of returning, which looks a lot like that's them more or less admitting that they kind of left a bit early. Again. Uh, they've never really left. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they've left, but it's power chains. They loaned the IP for the Honda engine to thingy. It's uh, to Red Bull. It's still under the, the Honda Racing Company. A tiny wee bag to the back of the car. They've realised that Honda are onto something. Probably another two or three multiple championships. They're like, oh, we want a piece of that, yeah. uh, and then they were happy that Porsche decided we don't want a piece of that, and they've decided uh, they're going to take a bit I... of that and jump in. I wonder if the Porsche deal falling through wasn't Honda coming back to Red Bull and saying we want back in and Red Bull was like all right yeah because I mean you've got Porsche going we'll take 50% of your company and we want to run it our way and you've got Honda going we'll give you the engines but you can do what you want yeah Red Bull I'm gonna go to Porsche yeah Uh, this this story coming out two weeks after Porsche pulled out for 2026 is not a coincidence that, that's yeah, not yeah. an accident uh, there's something been brewing in the background yeah. i think there's been unofficial conversations but never went up really to board level they've always talked about they've, they've left but not left and has it been a bit premature so i think things are starting to kick in and if verstappen and hot and Wally and um, red bull won it this weekend in japan Definitely contracts will be signed 100%, 100%. <laughs> they'll be sorted out and stamped you know, you know what happened be- they'll be gone again in 2030 and then they'll come back four <laughs> years later after the team they leave wins the championship yeah 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 it's just the way it is that's just what honda do and soon we ran out to a point yeah it might be a good news story as well for them to release in japan anyway for the fans could be could happen any other news before we wrap up this pod yeah i'm uh, trying to think we've, we've touched on everything else on that on that list that we've got in the notes you said about Drogovic, uh, if, if I'm right, uh, a lot of the teams have not run their f- one or even two mm. of their junior drivers in yeah, FP1. Not- so there's going to be a lot of announcements in the next, I would imagine, week or two. Mm. Um, Who hasn't from- done any? 
Uh, I don't think McLaren have done any. McLaren have got 14 drivers driving the cars. <laughs> they'll be fine. They'll be all right, but there, there's a fair few. Uh, Mercedes only done one, I think. Um, I think they'll um, probably be all be waiting for Abu Dhabi where they, they'll have they were, the pick of the F2 drivers that are going to be there as well. Yeah, I'm sure they'll all do at least one in Abu Dhabi, but there will be a flurry of them doing their second over the next couple of races as well. So it could be fun when, to when's, predict. Once Verstappen wins, wins the championship, then he all AP1s will just be, you know, given yeah. out to whoever. I Absolutely. Think. Okay, well, that sums up our podcast for today. Actually, we're going to be speaking to our lovely special guest, Lee McKenzie. We're going to speak, be speaking to her tomorrow, uh, and that podcast will be going live uh, on Wednesday evening. So, yeah, definitely check that out. All the stuff we just say is thank you very much for coming to chat to me today, team. Uh, Sean, Coops, and Emma. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Join us next week, where we've got a couple of special guests to chat to. Hopefully, that will PK your interest enough. So, we'll speak to you then. Enjoy the Japanese Grand Prix. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.